Michael, happy belated birthday. I'm like a week late at this point, but that's okay. Yeah, but you're always uh, on time. That's your thing. That's your superpower. You're always on time for the birthdays. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, it was the 31st of January. Mm-hmm. You you got ever older, which is much better than, than the alternative. Um, and I, what, were you, what show were you talking about this on? It gave me quite a chuckle. I think it might have been Upgrade, maybe Connected, um, where you were talking about me being Johnny on the spot with birthdays and things. I think it was actually a... Um a members show. I think we were oh, talking it about backstage? this on backstage. That oh, my mistake. We were wondering if we should have somebody in the company who's like keeping track of birthdays right. to make sure that we wish everybody right. a happy birthday. But the reality is, mm-hmm. Casey just already does it. So actually, come to think of it, breaking news. I'm pretty sure it's David Sparks's birthday today, and I have not said anything in the Slack because I felt a little under the weather today. We're we're powering through. Oh, yes, yeah. David Sparks, 55 today. Day. So, so I gotta I'm, go to Slack real quick. Thank breaking you. news. And so this is how these things usually go, right? Casey will do this, and then I will then open up an iMessage and wish David a happy birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. See, and he, I don't know if he listens to the show, but if he does, he'll he'll have this nice little surprise. There's like this but is anyway, this is the you, live moment in which everybody wishes David Sparks a happy birthday. <laughs> so, what did you do for your birthday? Uh, I, obviously, we spoke, so I know a little bit. But w- what would you like to share about your birthday festivities? So, I'm weird with birthdays. I've probably spoken about this on the show before. I like birthdays to be low key. Like, I don't. I'm just not into like. Big fancy birthdays. Like, I like low-key birthdays. That really works for me. So, I'm just... I like to keep it that way. And so, I just spent the day at home uh, with my wife. And, you know, we... You know, we did the normal things. And, you know, like, cake and cards and gifts and that kind of stuff. Then we had a structural engineer visit the house, which wasn't part of the birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, but that <laughs> had to happen. Which, I will just state... Before there was any protesting of this, Adina said, like, we'll do it on another day. But I insisted it was that day because it meant that these things can just be progressed more quickly with the home. So mm-hmm. I was perfectly mm-hmm. fine with it. I was just sitting there playing video games while they were upstairs lifting floorboards or whatever nonsense they were up to up there. Uh, and then oh, in the evening, we went for a meal, at one of my favorite restaurants in London. It's a steak restaurant called Cut. It's a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. I had been to one of these in Vegas before and loved it and went back there. They do really great steak. They do fancy steaks. It's like a special occasion kind of meal. And I had what I think was a perfect, like, you are 35 years old experience. So we had a great time. We ate tons, way too much, like steak and fries and cream spinach, like the whole nine yards. We got a chocolate souffle at the end of it. It was amazing. Nice. I was sick the whole next day, just like felt terrible, like in a sense of like Bad really sweats. nauseous <laughs> and uh, like just like t- acid reflux. And it was kind of just like, yep, I'm getting older. I just ate a big meal and I feel bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I did have, is, huh? I had two cocktails. One of them was a whiskey cocktail. And as I have advanced in my 30s, I was always a bourbon man. Back in the old days of this show, I forget this sometimes when I used to record this show with you literally at midnight for me. Do you remember this? 
That's just nuts. I do. I'd forgotten about it, to be honest with you, but that I do remember. A, that when you were still a working uh, man, I used, we used to record the show at midnight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't really feeling it or I was tired or whatever, I would make myself an old fashioned and I would have an old fashioned during the show, which is not a thing I would mm-hmm. do now. And I don't really, I don't like the idea of somebody being drunk on a podcast. It's like, just not really my thing, but I just have one drink and I just drink it slowly through the episode to kind of just like, Here's a treat because you're literally recording at one o'clock in the morning before you're done. You know what I mean? Right. And so, uh, yep, yep, yep. but as I've advanced in my thirties, I cannot process dark liquor as well. So like Ooh. if I well, have one drink, like one cocktail, like with, with bourbon in it, whiskey in it, I just don't feel great the next day. So yeah, all of that combined uh, just led to a, you know, the, my first day, first full day, I guess, as being 35 or second day of being 35 or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt like crap from eating too much the day before and it just felt very funny to me. <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, if you're having troubles with brown liquor, let me tell you the good word about Tito's, baby. Oh, I'm a tequila uh, boy. But no, that that's stinky. Oh, see, I, I don't actively dislike tequila, but it is, I don't think, as we say in the family, I'm still learning to like it. And I kind of wish I liked it more. Aaron really likes tequila. Um, it is not really my thing, but, uh, but no, that, that's, that's a tough way to start 35. That is par for the course. Um, I was actually having a text message conversation with a friend of mine that I saw for lunch yesterday. Um, and he's a few years younger than I, I forget exactly how old he is. I think somewhere between you and me. And, and we were discussing, or he was asking me, oh, you know, once you hit 40, does your body fall apart? And well, kind of like, it's just, there become ever more things that you used to be able to do that maybe you should choose not to do anymore. Yeah. Like in your case, drink brown liquor. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating. You just learn these things about yourself, right? Like over time. And mm-hmm. this is just one of those things where it's like, I still do. And I, it was my birthday and the cocktail looked amazing and I wanted to have it. So I had it <laughs> knowing that it would make right. me not feel great. I wasn't expecting the extent to which I wasn't going to feel great, but that was like a sure, whole sure. compounding of overindulging. But it was my birthday, so if I'm ever going to overindulge, that's the day to do it. Oh, absolutely. And and now that you've explained everything, I can tell you that um, I think both Aaron and me, but predominantly me, were in our group chat with you mm-hmm. and Adina and asking, oh, what's the plan for today? What you know? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And you said, oh, we're going to, you said it was called Cut. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were going to Cut, and that was, of course, because it's me. I go and look up the menu, and holy smokes, that place looks good. Like, it's it's my fantastic. Word. Didn't I say, I think they had like a flight of meat? Like they had a Wagyu something, yeah, and like a you New York get, strip and something else or something like that? You can get something that is very expensive, right? But it, it's like um, like a tasting kind of of steaks, where so you can understand mm-hmm. the difference in taste and like texture of different meat. I'm sorry if you're vegetarian, uh, from different like... <laughs> places around the world because they they have in this place they have meat from the uk they have meat from america australia and japan so like they hit the kind of i think they're like the four corners of good steaks you know what i mean that you go to these places (laughs) to get the different stuff so yeah it's i really love it there um it's but it's like it's like a good special occasion spot for me a good birthday spot Casey, yep, that's awesome. It's enough about all of this because you've been to Disneyland, all right? And so I don't even Disney care World, about my sir. birthday. Disney World. Disney World. I apologize. Please <laughs> hoist right. me it's by my right. own petard. You know what I mean? Like, just, just, <laughs> I have committed the cardinal sin. Let's take a break and I want to talk to you about that trip. 
Yes, please. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell your products, services, or the content that you create because Squarespace has got you covered. It is so easy to get started. You go to Squarespace and you look at their beautiful website template options that they have. They have like a whole gallery of these things. They have so many, they break them down into categories of businesses, of websites. So you can just go through, find the category that suits you, and then choose from one of their beautiful designs to give you the perfect starting place. But that's not it. You don't just like pick the design and that's it. You can customize everything the way that stuff's laid out. The colors, the padding, the fonts, the content. Everything is so easy. It's all drag and drop. Everything is customizable and you can make it look and feel your own without having to understand how to code all of this stuff. You, with Squarespace, they make everything so simple that you can just go there and use it. It's great for you if you don't want the hassle. It's also great if there's somebody in your life that needs a website for their business. You can help them get set up with Squarespace and they're going to find it super simple. They have a wonderful support team that's there to help with any questions that you or they might have. And they have all of the tools that you want. If you want to set up a blog, they have powerful tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. They have online store functionality. They have all of the tools that you need to start selling anything online. They also have uh, email campaigns now too. So if you are building a business or you're building like a community, you can send, you can like encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and then send out emails to them. You have beautiful templates to choose from. You can customize those as well and you get built-in analytics to see how every email is received once you've sent it out. So go and check this out for yourself right now. Go to squarespace.com analog. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com analog. Now when you sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Mm-hmm. So we've been building this over the last couple of episodes, I think, but and you hadn't divulged to the analog audience when you were actually leaving, but it was just like a few days after the last episode. So you uh, right. have completed Michaela's fifth birthday trip to Disney World. How did it go? That is correct. It went really freaking well. Like we had you know, a couple issues here and there, but by and large, it went really freaking well. And I'm in- incredibly, incredibly thankful. Um, I need you to promise me, Mike, that you'll rein me in if I go on for three hours because I probably yeah. could left my own devices. But uh, but no, to recap, uh, back in late 2019, October 2019, uh, we took then five-year-old Declan and then not quite two-year-old Michaela to uh, Disney World. We did a week there. Um, it was amazing. Um, Michaela was challenging because, hey, guess what? She was not quite two years old. Yep. <laughs> and so um, she you know, couldn't participate in a lot and was very insistent on walking everywhere, which was understandable because she had just recently learned to walk. But when you're trying to motor your way through a very, very large uh, place like Disney World, having your not quite two year old walk or sometimes push the stroller, um, not always the most efficient way of going about things. So um, we hadn't, I hadn't flown since then. Aaron actually went with a friend of hers in Feb, like mid February of 2020, right around the time that COVID was starting to hit the news here in America. She went down to Disney for just a few nights, uh, with a friend, ran a marathon at well, 5k down there and then came back. Cause that was the last time Aaron had flown. But for the three of us, the last time we flew was Declan's fifth birthday. And so the, and now I can say the last time I flew was Michaela's fifth birthday, both, both heading down to Orlando. Um, I, 
I used to be in my youth a horrible air traveler, a truly terrible air traveler, not in the obnoxious way in the I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but when Aaron and I uh, I think it was our baby moon. So this is, you know, when we were starting to try to have kids This is before I knew Mike, this was like 2010, 2012, something like that. I forget when it was. But anyways, we went to London and Paris and we flew out of Dulles, which on a good day is only like an hour and a half to two hours from our house. But um, I really didn't want to be late. And even though it was a red eye, I wanted to make sure we got there in time. We didn't have to worry about traffic and because that corridor, the, the stretch between Richmond and, and Washington, D.C. Is, is just awful. Um, and I'm pretty sure we saw three or four different flights depart our gate before ours did because I had insisted to Aaron that we needed to be there literally three or four hours early. It was awful. Um, she's a, she's a trooper over year over the years. I've gotten better. I'm not quite so bad, especially in Richmond where it's a pretty podunk little airport. Um, but it was, it was stressing me out quite a bit mm. to travel by air again. Um, you know, we hadn't really traveled by any sort of public transport of any kind. Um, you know, there were uh, with a couple of like very minor exceptions for very short stretches of time. Um, but we masked up all of us. Um, we were expecting the worst with regard to security lines, even in Richmond, cause I've heard it's terrible. Um, but as it turns out, I guess our particular flight left after that, like early wave. So here it is. I go walking up using my TSA pre, which comes as part of global entry. I'm thinking I'm slick as hell. And there was no line anywhere. <laughs> so, which is good, but it was like kind of a buzzkill because here it was, oh, look at me. Let me brush my shoulders off. I've got TSA pre, you know, like, you, have matter, you seen Wayne's right? World where they go backstage? You were prepared just in case. That's the important That's thing. That's true. That's true. Right. Uh, but like in Wayne's World where they're holding their uh, backstage passes that are on lanyards uh -huh. around their neck and they're like stretching the lanyards as far away as they can. Like, okay, uh, backstage, backstage. Well, that was me with TSA pre. Uh, but anyway, um, it had been so long. I forgot the, uh, the rules for TSA pre. So I believe I took off my shoes if memory serves and I didn't have to, or maybe it was my coat. I forget exactly what it was. It doesn't matter. Every single airport has their own rules anyway. I, I feel like that's true. Um, I think the, the TSA was laughing at me for how disheveled I was. Certainly Aaron was, and the kids were kind of like just along for the ride. Um, but we flew, uh, via Atlanta, which was not my preference. We actually had a lot of issues coming up with flights for this trip because there was only like one or maybe two flights direct from Richmond to Orlando each day. And they kept moving in time. Like, I think I bought three or four different tickets to Orlando with JetBlue that I eventually got refunded because they would move it from like eight in the morning to like eight at night or then, Oh, it's two in the afternoon. No, let's go to six in the evening or something. Like it was nuts. So I really didn't want to change planes. The kids had never done that before, even though they've done a couple of long hauls, but that ended up working out fine. Um, Atlanta's a big airport, but we had enough time there. Uh, we flew down Delta and then we were able to fly back direct on JetBlue. And I, I really liked Delta. I know that it's hit or miss for a lot of people. And I really, really liked JetBlue. I'd flown both before, but again, not in years. Um, but we got there, um, we stayed at a place called Bay Lake tower. So I need to give you a little bit of context here. So at Disney world and, and Disneyland has some of this, but at Disney world in particular, there's many, 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 probably 50, um, different on campus, if you will, on property or uh, in resort hotels. And most of them, you can just go to Disney and you book your room and that's that. And it costs $11 trillion. And that, you know, that's the end of the day. There is also a, a thing called Disney Vacation Club, which if you're a longtime listener, this might ring a bell because we did the same thing last time. But Disney Vacation Club is sort of kind of a timeshare where you give Disney something to the order of like ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars up front and then an obscene amount of money each year. And then you get a quote unquote free week in Disney every year. And 
Um, if I had infinite funds, I'd probably do this, but I do not have infinite funds. Um, but the thing is, uh, if you if you don't use your free, quote unquote, free Disney Vacation as a DVC member, Disney Vacation Club member, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so there are these third party brokerages where you know I could say, oh, I have this space that I'm not going to be able to use. And Mike, you can go to the same you know third party, this, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but this in between. And, and, and you can buy my points, which is to say you can buy that time. And so you can stay in one of these DVC exclusive resorts. And so that's what we did. And what's really great about that is we got a one bedroom um, hotel room, which means we could you know, shut the door at night and let the kids go to sleep in the main area. And Aaron and I could quietly watch TV and stay up a little while in the, in the bedroom. Um, and it also has a full kitchenette in the, in the suite. So you can cook yourself eggs in the morning and not have to spend $11,000 on Disney food for all three meals. Um, and that worked out really, really well. Um, it, it's a little different now. And one of the themes of this trip, I guess one of the bad themes of this trip is that the last time we went in 2019, it, it, it was different, but the same. So when we arrived at the Richmond airport, because we were staying on property, um, we had been given, um, like these tags, these luggage tags to put on our checked luggage. And they're the br- these big, bright yellow tags. You put them on your checked luggage and you, you put your luggage in the carousel or whatever, or, you know, you put it on the conveyor belt at, at your source airport, your, your, your home airport. And then the next time you see that luggage is inside your hotel room. Like Disney collects it from the airport, trucks it over to your hotel and just puts it in your hotel room while presumably you're, you know, skiving off to, to go run around in the parks. That used to be called Magical Express. Not a thing anymore. Uh, so now there's a bunch of other companies that have sprung up that do similar stuff in terms of transporting your body from the Orlando airport to, uh, to Disney world proper, but they don't touch your luggage, man. And when you have four people in like 35 bags, or at least that's what it felt like. It wasn't 35, but it felt like a lot. Uh, cause I think we had two check bags, like a carry on per person and the backpack per person or whatever. It was a lot and a stroller. Um, and so they, you know, we had to handle all that, which is fine. Like it's whatever, but it's, it's less magic than it used to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, and then you get there and, um, the way uh, did you, when you were at Disneyland last was, I presume Gene, uh, the genie service and genie plus all that was a thing, right? Yeah. We've done it three times. And the last two times there was genie. Okay. Because I was telling you, just get Genie. I don't remember if I said this in the show or not, but like I just said to you, mm-hmm. just get Genie and just don't think about it. Yep, which is exactly what we did. Yeah. And it was clutch. It was absolutely critical. Um, and Expensive, so the way it used to good. work. Oh, yeah. Don't worry so much on the way it used to work. I don't care about how it used to work. I just want to know how you enjoyed your trip this time. Just tell me. That's fair. Okay, so... So it was amazing. So we every morning you wake up mm-hmm. and you spend like 20 bucks per person on Genie Plus. And then occasionally, depending on what you want to ride, you can choose to spend an additional 15 to $20 per person for one specific ride, yep. which is called the individual lightning lane. They're like the big, big ticket items, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we only did that for Rise of the Resistance. Um, for that one. <laughs> which, we, we're gonna t- which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, did you know, Mike, that ride is really awesome. Uh, it was amazing. Like it was so good, but anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, so yeah, so you, you could elect to do this individual lightning lane thing, which we didn't do except rise. Um, but 
you could do Genie Plus, which you would kind of know as FastPass in the past. And basically, there's this like freaking flow chart that you have to put together about when you're allowed to book your next lightning lane, which is, again, kind of like a FastPass. But if you're diligent, and especially in Disney World anyway, if you're staying on property because you can get access to Genie Plus stuff earlier, you can set it up so that you can hit a lot in the course of a day. Now, yep. some of this was also because our youngest child was no longer two or not even two. Our youngest child was now five, which makes a tremendous difference. But um, that being said, uh, we there were I think there was one day of the seven we were in the parks. There was one day that I, maybe it was poor management on my part. Maybe we just got unlucky. But there was one day that I felt like uh, we did not succeed that much. Like, not that it was a bad day. It's just... Yeah, it, we didn't ride as much as I would have wanted to ride, and it, it didn't work out as well as I thought. Um, but in the most part, for the most part, you know, granted, you're dropping a bet for a family of four, you're dropping around about sixty to hundred dollars a day every day on top of the tickets, on top of the expensive hotel, on top of the expensive food. But like Mike said, it, it, at that point, if you're in for you know five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, whatever we were in for at that point. What's another seven hundred bucks on yeah. top of it? Which is, I, I know that sounds. This is flippant, how they get you, but at a certain is. point, you've just got to accept that you've been gotten right. Like you don't yeah. have to do it, <laughs> right? You don't have to go, right? But if you're gonna do it, you may as well do it, right? Yep. No, it's it, it's so true, and I, I mean we're lucky enough that not only can we afford a Disney vacation of any sort, you haven't been but, away for three years, right? Exactly. Like the, the, we were not going to mess around on this trip. Good. And so um, we were we were able to do the Genie Plus thing. We when we arrived that first day, we went into Magic Kingdom, and this was a race weekend coincidentally. So there were a lot more people there that first weekend um, than we well we well we expected it, but we didn't. You know what I mean? Like we knew it was a race weekend, but still it was slammed. You mean like so a, we go like into a Magic Kingdom, race, right? Like a running race? Correct. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, they do like a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a full marathon over the course, like four mornings or something like that. So uh, we get in, I think it was Saturday, I believe it was. We get in, we go into the parks, uh, we go into Magic Kingdom. We rode um, the Little Mermaid ride, waited like 40 minutes, and all of us were just cooked. And so Aaron and I looked at each other like, you know what, let's just go back to the hotel room, grab some dinner at the little restaurant in the hotel, and let's just call it a day. And that's what we did. And then uh, Sunday, we went to Animal Kingdom. I'm not going to do an everyday blow by blow, but Sunday, we went to Animal Kingdom and we met up um, with my internet friend, uh, Max Roberts, and his family, um, who you would know. I just did a, a guest spot on um, the Max Frequency podcast just a couple oh, nice. months ago. And he has a six month old, he has a six month old kid. And so um, he and his wife, Abby, and, and, and their daughter, um, they, they all hung out with us and were incredibly gracious because I basically said to him, look, I know you live in Orlando. I am happy to meet up, but this ain't my show. This ain't Declan's or Aaron's show. This is Michaela's show. So if you don't mind following the whims of a five-year-old, more the merrier, baby. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he all all three of them were incredibly gracious, and it was cool to you know to be able to meet somebody that I'd spoken to a couple of times because I'd done a couple of his a couple episodes of his show. But it was cool to ha have everyone together, and, and it was fun to squish a little you know six-month-old kid and then hand her back. When, when she got fussy, you know, that, that was, that was a uh, very nice. And so animal kingdom was great. Um, I would, uh, no spoilers. I would give my left leg to be able to ride the expedition Everest ride all over again. It's one of those things where there's like uh, a gotcha or a, that sounds bad, but like a, a thing to it. Yeah. And I love riding that ride so much, but oh my gosh, to be able to ride it for the first time again would be so cool. Um, but you know, we did animal kingdom. We went into Epcot a few times. Um, 
it was interesting. It was very fascinating watching Michaela's reaction to all this. So as I've said many times on the show, Michaela is generally quieter than Declan to begin with. And and that's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, not only is she quieter, like I would say she's genetically quieter. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it feels like, right? She just is wired that way. On top of that, as we've spoken about many times on the show, the List family was fairly locked down during COVID. And again, that started when she was just barely over two. So for Michaela, there is not a time before COVID. Like it doesn't exist. And so because of that, and because we didn't really see a lot of people until the last six months because she couldn't get vaccinated, um, she's just super duper duper quiet. And so we had talked to her before we left. And once she realized what we were doing, we had said, oh, do you want to go? And, you know, they'll put makeup on you and dress you up like a princess. This is the Bibbidi Bobby Boutique, you know, and, and they'll treat you, you like a princess and blah, blah, blah. When we were in Disneyland last, I saw this happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't know oh. this was a thing. I'd never oh, heard yeah? of it before, but we went into the store that's attached to it. Right. And like, because mm-hmm. we were just looking at uh, dresses for our nieces. And I hadn't noticed, hadn't noticed it before, but that you can see into the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique yeah, yeah, where yeah. they're like mm-hmm. making up the girls and like there's princess princes walking in and out. And like, I mm-hmm. nearly burst into tears. It was so adorable. Yep. I just thought I know, it right? was like one of the most like inc- beautiful and incredible things I'd ever seen, and like yeah, oh, yeah. I, it was it was fun. It was just yeah, it was uh, it was awesome, so awesome. As with all things Disney, you got to pay to play. I'd never got to the point of looking up how much this thing costs, but I'm sure uh, it's just hundreds obscene. of dollars. It must but, be obscene. Yeah, yep. But you know, you walk away with a brand new dress and makeup and hair and so on and so forth, and and um and yeah it, it that is leaving aside the obscene cost of it that is disney at its best right it's just freaking magic and and so as we're walking around the parks you know we're seeing princesses here and there and and we did several um uh different meals where there were characters that would um that would come up to the table and stuff like that include sometimes princesses sometimes mickey mouse um if you have young ears you might want to pause for a minute um because th- th- this is not for the young ears but you know when declan was 5 and I, I talked about this quite a bit after our vacation then on the show. You know, we went to a, a dinner at uh, actually in the hotel at Chef Mickey's. And um, and I have this picture of him with this smile that's three feet wider than his head when he saw Mickey Mouse. Because when he was five, that was Mickey Mouse. Like, that wasn't a costume, baby. That was the real Mickey yeah, of Mouse. Course. And, and the only thing that was a little bit of a bummer is that I don't know if Michaela really felt that way, you know, because she has an older brother. I think she was able to put together that this isn't really Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but nevertheless, so Michaela, when Mike, you haven't had the the chance to spend time with her in a long time, but um, when she gets really, really excited about something, she gets like a little embarrassed about it. And so if you envision like this, this super wide smile, but she's trying to like catch it and bring it back in and like flatten it. So it's like, <laughs> It's like a line. Her mouth is like a line with like the edges curled up just the teeniest bit. And her eyes are like twinkling. And, you know, like this is a poop eaten grin, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's she's so happy, but she wants to like keep it closed up because she doesn't want to be like boisterous about it. Maybe she's British. Who knows? But anyway, uh, so I saw that like grin so often and it just broke my heart in in a happy way every single time because I could tell. Like she was having a good time. But that being said, you know, when we would do these bre- this breakfast and lunch and whatnot and dinners with the characters, um, you know, we would ask, oh, do you want to take a picture with Jasmine or do you want to take a picture with Belle? And she would shake her head. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. 
And then usually Aaron, but one of us would ask, okay, well, what if I go with you? And it was actually, I don't know if I ended up doing any of them, but you know, Aaron would ask, um, what if I go with you? And then she would shake her head up and down. Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so I have many, many pictures of Michaela and Aaron uh, with princesses from our time at Disney World, which was which was adorable, and you know, of course, Aaron was a great sport about it. But it, it just it just made me laugh a lot that that's um, that's what ended up happening is that she needed to have like that crutch of somebody with her, otherwise she just didn't feel comfortable with it. And uh, nevertheless, uh, it was it was amazing. I I do feel like I've been nickel and dimed more than I did in the past. Like it was always that Disney was a fortune. Like that was never up for grabs. It has always been the case. But what was great, one of the great things about it was that when you did everything in advance, like they used to offer a meal plan where you would get, you know, you would pay an obscene sum of money up front and then you would get your meals quote unquote for free. You know, it was just part of the plan and they don't offer that anymore. Um, there's the Magical Express that I was talking about. There's a Genie Plus that you have to pay for, the individual lightning lanes, which you have to pay for. Well, you don't have to pay for these things, but you know what I mean? Like like you were saying earlier, it you might as well pay for it if you're already in for in for penny and for pound or whatever. Um, and that kind of stank that it was so, so much all the time, like constant, just constant money, just flying out of my wallet all the time. And that kind of bummed me out. But when Disney is firing on all cylinders, which for the most part they were, it is amazing. And like we, I'm not going to get into it now. We had a, a small like potential issue that ended up not being an issue, but the Disney staff at the hotel caught wind of it and it was fine. It's not a big deal. It all worked out. But the following day when we were at the parks, we came back and there was like this pile of Disney merch in the par- in in our hotel room in in Aaron and I were, and he's like where did this come from and so Damn. um getting that right. Casey and so treatment. it turned out well apparently so uh, I go down to the front desk and I was like hey you know uh, where was this from like I- I'm so appreciative but I'd like to thank whoever it was that sent this to us like where what is the story here and it was, I mean I had back of the napkin it was like fifty to hundred dollars worth of Disney merch and it was all like you know little girl stuff for Michaela basically you know like a, a Minnie Mouse veterinary set and stuff like that I forget what else there was and and you know the the very kind gentleman at the front desk oh that was from uh, Disney because of the thing that happened that you know we thought was gonna be a real big problem what? 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 <laughs> like seriously? Uh, and so stuff like that. Like when Disney wants it to be magic, it is freaking magic. And and that I love so so much. And it was it was f- so fu- it was just so fun. And and, wa- and Declan was a good sport about you know. Of course he wanted to show uh, Michaela around it. Oh, do you remember this ride? No, because I was not even two. You know, no, I don't remember that. Oh, let me show you. Let me show you. And so it was adorable to watch that. But. He was also a good sport about not being like, you know, the boss. <laughs> he could he he could understand when it was Michaela's turn to pick something. And I was a little worried that he would kind of have or try to take this like ownership over the trip. And he was very, very good about it. He didn't have he didn't no problems at all. Um, and so, yeah, it, and we got to ride some bigger rides, which was fun. Um, sometimes it worked well, sometimes it didn't, but okay. the kids were troopers. And, you know, sometimes they would get off a ride and be like, mm, I don't think I like that. OK. Then we're done until our next trip. You know, we'll, we'll try it again next time. And that was fine. Uh, Declan did Slinky Dog Dash, which is not an extravagant roller coaster, but it's a legitimate, ro- like it's a roller coaster. Um, and so he did that, which was an extremely big deal for our family. Um, that was extremely fun. 
Um, it was it was such a good trip. By and large, it was not that busy. By and large, the weather was darn near perfect. Sometimes it'd be a little chilly in the morning, and the last day was legitimately cold. But um, it was it was such a good trip, and I'd like to talk to you about a couple of the rides here in a second. But well, so here's the I question so much I have fun. for you about the rides. Now, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about the big rides? Like I am happy to do Star that. Star Wars, we, we definitely that kind need of fire stuff. A spoiler horn. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we talk about that at the end of the show. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Right, because I do know that. it's your recommendations, so maybe we can talk um, about the mm-hmm. rides at the end, like the big rides, the ones that might have spoilers. Yep, that's a perfect idea. I, I love that. So uh, just to round up, you know, and then we, on the way back to Richmond, you know, flight was fine. Um, I will say Orlando airport created a new, like built a new terminal. And apparently that's where JetBlue and like a couple other airlines are. And I kid you not, Mike, I wish I had recorded it. We must have walked literally a mile to get to this terminal. Like there was a train involved, like a little air <laughs> yeah, train thing stuff like this. It, it was, and we walked, we've, we walked through a parking garage yep. and that was, a, I, I think the correct mechanism by which to get from one building to another. It was bananas, but um, it, all in all, it went so well. I'm so thankful and so lucky. And I tell you what, Mike, we've been on a handful of vacations. Don't get me wrong, but we've never been further than maybe three hours from home by car. Um, uh, being, being in Orlando where, you know, most days it was 70 to 80, 80 degrees. So that's somewhere in the neck of like 15 to 20, I think your, your temperature. And then on the cold days, it was like, you know, 40 or 50, which is so, I don't know if I can do that to Celsius in my head, but cold. Uh, above freezing, but not by a ton. Um, so anyways, uh, but, but being it where it's warm and where this is a place that all four of us just love and being able to get to, to have this experience together, I feel like this was, you know, three ish years in the making. And, and it, I mean, it literally was in the sense that Aaron and I said to each other, okay, we're going to do this for Michaela's fifth, you know, when we were leaving for Declan's, but given all the things that have happened since given the world ending, you know, it was, yeah. it was such a needed, incredible trip for us. And, and I don't know how, I don't know how, but we decided we were going to religiously mask on the way to and from Orlando, including the bus ride. But once we arrive at Disney YOLO, like we're just going to go with it. We're just going to do our thing. We're probably going to have take home a little souvenir of COVID that we're just, it, I don't want to have to worry about masking and all that while we're let's, let's just live our lives. And we did. And although we all got various flavors of sick over the last couple of weeks that are not COVID, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, three weeks now, four weeks. You're and, okay, um, I think at this point, if you're going to get COVID, I don't think it was from Disney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I don't know how we avoided it given Florida and I mean, with respect to Floridians, given Florida. It just is the way it is. I mean, you're outside so much anyway, right? I mean, obviously that's not also entirely, true. but like, it is, I don't know. It's just chance, right? Like, I think it's just as yeah, simple no, as I that. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And uh, I guess <laughs> maybe you had to take the fall in June so we could win in January. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And that was very kind of you. I'll, tell, I'll jump on that one, that grenade for you anytime, but don't you worry. Yeah, you 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 freaking jumped on six grenades, I think. I was but, all um, over that grenade. But no, it, it was such... It was such an incredible trip and we needed it so badly and I'm so thankful for it. And Michaela had an amazing time. I think Declan had a great time. Aaron and I had a great time. Like it, it went so well and I'm so thankful for it. And we're so lucky for, for listeners like you that, that funded this trip. Like it, this is my job is Mm -hmm. podcasting as we've talked about, you know, as we've talked about a few times, more than a few times on the show, this is my job. And if it wasn't for listeners like you, 
this amazing like lifetime memory wouldn't have happened. So my incredible, incredible thanks to to anyone who's ever listened to the show and triply so, you know, anyone who has checked out any of our sponsors, which we're going to talk about another one here in a sec. Um, thank you to all of you for making this this incredible trip possible. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You may have heard us talk on the past about how important it can be to have a VPN to protect your privacy online, especially when connected to public Wi-Fi. But choosing a VPN that you trust is equally as important. There are so many out there, but I use ExpressVPN and we have them as a sponsor because they're good. ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Tons of VPNs can make money by selling data to advertisers. ExpressVPN doesn't do this. And one of the things that I actually really like when I was looking into ExpressVPN is a technology to develop called Trusted Server. It makes their VPN servers incapable of storing data because it uses it stores data in RAM, so nothing's written to disks. And I really like that, just as like from what mm-hmm. I understand about computers, that's good. ExpressVPN is also super fast. It uses a technology developed called Lightway, which is a new VPN protocol engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. And I have experienced this. Like when I travel, I will connect to ExpressVPN to be able to watch, uh, say, shows and streaming services here in the UK that I can't access when I'm abroad because they just won't let me, even though I pay for them. Uh, And I've watched tons of video. I've watched live sports in HD quality with no buffering. And that's down to the technology that VPN, ExpressVPN has developed with their lightweight protocol. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get set up. You just fire up the app, tap one button to connect, and that's it. And, you know, it's super easy uh, on iOS. I have just a menu bar app on my Mac. I can click it, and I'm ready to go. And there have been, talking about speed, so many times where it's like three or four days later, and I'm still using ExpressVPN, and I had no idea. Right? <laughs> you know, like I go to a website, and it's like, hey, you're on it in the UK. And I'm like, uh, oh, there you go. Oh, left it on. Yeah, so it's super awesome. CNET, The Verge, Business Insider, and many other tech uh, websites have rated ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust myself. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash analog, expressvpn.com slash analog to learn more. Thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. We're going to sort of rearrange the document a little bit here. You, oh, you can uh-oh. ask right, me what's going on this here? question that you put uh, in the show notes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of follow-up I'd like to talk about. Okay. Um, you kind of disappeared from the internet, or at least uh, huh. you could make an argument that's true. That's not really true. But uh, you kind of disappeared from the internet because you're not on Twitter and you're not really on Mastodon asterisk. Uh, so how is the lack of microblogging going? How are we doing there? Well, so like, I left the internet what in December? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was after so. it was on December seventeenth or something like that when we published our episode. So a few days before, kind of mid December, uh, I left Twitter. Did not sign up for Mastodon. Um, I don't. I haven't been using it. And I would say overall, it has been a very healthy and helpful thing for me to understand a little bit more about how I want to use social media personally, what I want to get out of it, that kind of thing. However. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, breaking news. Yeah. What's going on? I think I am missing 
an element, a key element of being a creative professional that I think I need to rectify. Okay. <sighs> so this is a thing that as we're recording today on, Dece- on Fe- December, February 7th, I have just <laughs> kind of come to realize this today and had a very... Oh, this really is breaking news. Yes, I had a very helpful session with my therapist this morning where we spoke through this. This is very similar to last time. These things keep meeting up. So we did analog, <laughs> then I had a session with my therapist, then I left Twitter. And today I had some <laughs> thoughts. I had a therapist in my session, therapist session, and now I'm joining Mastodon. Is basically the okay. way that this is going. So All right. by the time that this is set up, I will have hopefully... Uh, migrated my server, which is like a whole thing. Don't even. I don't even want to get started mm-hmm. about how complicated all this stuff is. I don't have to do this, but it's what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to be on Mike.social. That's what I've decided. Uh, is going to be. Right, well, I can. Can yeah. I? Can I pull on that thread yeah. a little bit? Because I have been really thinking about: Should I create an instance just for myself? Should yep. I create an instance for like ATP or Relay? Which obviously I would work with you too if if it was Relay. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Are, are you doing the like Masto host thing yes. or is that the plan anyway? Yeah. Or how I've are you doing I've signed up this? for Masto host. I've already started the process and uh, I've set up an account and I need to do the migration, which hopefully will be done by the time this episode comes out. Um, the reason I'm doing this is simply because it's possible to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, well, if I have the ability to have my own instance and it be completely managed by me i will do this and i was i've definitely been inspired by what steven and jason have done steven especially because he's doing what i'm doing which is i'm going to have an instance that's just me like i'm going to be the only account Mm -hmm. on there or any account maybe that i manage and want to put on there but probably not which is why i went with mike.social so it's like just me Right, like right, right, right. Stephen and Jason have like fun jokes behind theirs. Right, Federico has a professional one, you know. And I was kind of th- one of the things I was talking to Stephen about this, and it definitely some of the stuff that he was saying to me as to why he decided to to like be kind of more intentional about using Mastodon is kind of where it helped inform the thinking that I have that I'll go through a bit today. But he uses his own server because then there's no trends, which I also really like. So I can't get sucked into mm. trends. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. that was something that I would get sucked into on Twitter. Now, I expect that they would be better on Mastodon anyway, but I just don't need trends particularly. So here's mm-hmm. kind of where I am, right? Like what I am not looking for uh, particularly is a social network, if that makes sense. Like my okay. goal mm-hmm. is I'm going to keep my following list really small. So mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of content for me to check in on uh because i have enjoyed not having an app where i'm like checking in to find out news find out news find out news i don't want that so i'm going to keep my following list super small for that reason and my primary use for this mastodon account will be to share and talk about the creative work that i do because what i have come to realize is you know what i was hoping i'd be able to do is use my shows to talk about other things that I'm up to because it's where my audience truly is. They're listening to the podcast that I do. But I have not found it to be supernatural. No, wait, that didn't sound right when I put it together. Not very natural (laughs) feeling 
to be <laughs> sure, like, sure. oh, hey, go check out this other thing I'm doing. Like, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. The other thing that I've noticed is I am genuinely really surprised at the follow accounts of a lot of my colleagues. In, in which way? They are larger than I was expecting them to be, which is making mm, me realize mm-hmm. that our community is wanting to find people. Like yeah. most people, mm-hmm. like I think you got like 50% of your follow account that you had on Twitter on Mastodon. Uh, some, something that close neck of the woods. to that. Say, like, exactly, that seems to be there. pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Like for most people, it's like around half. I just didn't think it was going to mm-hmm. get that high. I, I, I didn't think so either. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be quite a bit less. And and I feel like you know over the couple of months, you know, since December, there's been like several like precipitous events where something has happened, and all of a sudden you'll get an influx of like hundreds or maybe even thousands of new followers, which makes me think. The nerds, at least, the nerds are are making the transition or are, are migrating. Mm-hmm. I don't think like, and I think you and Jason were just talking about this. I feel like I was just listening to you talk about this, but we like were. sports Twitter, still yep. a thing. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of other Twitter are still, still like, a so thing. to speak. Like, yep, right, yep. exactly. But Apple Nerd Twitter does not exist uh-huh. anymore. It seems like it does not it's, seem to. It's yeah. Apple Nerd Mastodon, and I, you know, so basically. My th- my feeling is if there are people out there that are interested in learning more about the work that I'm doing and keeping up with what I'm up to, then that's what this will be. I'm going to limit the amount of stuff that I follow, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm tr- gonna try and be more intentional about how I use Mastodon as like a feedback follow up mechanism in that. I don't want to be checking it all the time like I did Twitter. And that's just like a personal thing mm-hmm. that I need to deal with. Um, but this is just a me thing, right? Like this, I have the ability to get addicted to this kind of social media. And like, yep. I think, oh, I'm going to get, oh, here we go. I'm going to do it. I think I have a problem with wanting people to like me. Oh. Right? I'm not only the president, I'm a client. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I think that that, I think to do what we do, you have to have an element of that anyway, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think that that can exhibit itself in some ways which are unhealthy for me. um, Oh, same. Of of like looking for approval or looking for disapproval. Like I actually Mm -hmm. can find myself looking for both things. Can you tell I had yep. therapy today? Like, is that is that <laughs> coming through in our conversation? I, I had an inkling. Right. I had an inkling. And so if I'm going to do this, I just need to be more intentional about how I use these tools. My plan is not to replicate my Twitter experience as a consumer on Mastodon. You know, I followed like a thousand Twitter accounts. I used it as like... I'm going to use this as every potential news source. I'm not going to do all of that. I'm going to follow a handful of people um, or a few handfuls of people. And I will talk about the work that I'm doing if people are interested in that. And maybe, and, and I hope, I genuinely hope that I can feel comfortable on Mastodon to share more quippy things, which I'd stopped doing on Twitter. But I don't know. We'll have to just, I'll just have to see what the kind of response is like. Um, but right now, everyone's so excited about it, and I do feel left out. And yeah, I think that's understandable. You know, like everyone's talking about it, and there's all these cool apps, and like I don't 
I I don't want to let this time go by and I regret it later on. Similarly of like, I don't want to, you know, in six months be like, damn it. Like I should have been there to be able to tell people what I'm doing. And it, then it's too late and the interest is gone and people don't care. I don't, mm-hmm. I would prefer to try this and then in a month be like, nope, then, to, <laughs> right? Then to <laughs> not have tried. And so I'm going to yeah. give it a go. You know, Mike.social will be in the show notes. I'll be the only account there. And so I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just going to see. I, I just want to see. Yeah, I think that all makes perfect sense. I want to incredibly strongly encourage you to do what you already said you're planning to do, which is limiting your following list. So for me, with Twitter, I've, I think I've mentioned, in, at least in passing several times in the show, that I never looked at my home timeline like ever. I had a list that I generated of like 40-ish people, and that's the only timeline I ever looked at. And it's not that I didn't like the three or 400 people that I followed on Twitter. Like I followed them for a reason. But in a lot of cases, I kind of wanted to unfollow some of these people not because they're like bad people, not because I don't like them. If I know them in real life, um, it could be any number of reasons, but I didn't feel like they were contributing positively to my Twitter experience. And Mm -hmm. so what I have done with Mastodon is I did look at, you know, the move to Don that used to work until like a few days ago or whatever. I did look at some of those tools and look at who did I follow and are they in Mastodon? But I have been and intend to continue to be extremely selective about who I follow such that my, as I called it, my can't miss list ends up being my following list. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and it, if, if I used to follow you on Twitter and I interact with you on Mastodon and I don't follow you there, that's not supposed to be a slight in any way, shape or form. It's just for my own <laughs> it's health. It's not you, I mean, it's I, me. I feel, no, it, that's true. That, that is exactly what I just <laughs> that's said. That's how it? I but feel. I really right? mean it yes. though. Yeah, it's exactly what I mean, though. And and I cannot stress enough. I I am so happy that that's what I I kind of backed into as well. And to hear you say that that's your plan, I strongly encourage you to do exactly that, because I think that can make for a much better experience, really for everyone, but particularly for you. Um, It's also it's hard. This is kind of related, but kind of not. I think it's hard for you and me because although we are in some slacks together and some discords in in some cases, but I think the water cooler for our mutual friends has always been and potentially will always be Twitter. Now, maybe you feel differently. I don't know, but this is the way I feel. And I know that you're bigger into like the relay uh, discord, for example. So maybe this isn't your experience, but for me, this is where I hang out with so many of my friends, often real life friends. Now, granted, they might live in London mm-hmm. or Glasgow or whatever, but they're still real life friends. And because of that, I feel like it would not take me long to feel like I was missing out on the water cooler chat amongst my peers and my friends. And so it would not at all surprise me if you felt the same way, right? If you decided that you wanted to at least be able to quietly consume, even if you don't necessarily want to participate. Yeah. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. I, I, it makes perfect sense. I do have a question for you though. And, and this is going to sound like, um, 
I don't know, combative. And I really don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel like a blog would provide the same sort of announcements? Like, you know, if you're just trying to broadcast, would a blog not work? Where are people going to get the blog? Like, it just makes sense to me for it to be Mastodon instead. Cause it's just like, I can Mm -hmm. write the blog posts, but really people have got to choose to be on RSS. And like, how do they even find out that there's a blog in the first place? You know, it's just, Mm-hmm. It doesn't, mm-hmm. and also for me, like a blog comes with the overhead of like you should be writing some some good stuff on here, right? Like not like twenty <laughs> word fair. posts. Like sure, yeah, yeah. That there is a micro blogging is definitely more of oh, I should have called it micro blog. No, it's too complicated. Oh, <laughs> it's too complicated. I, I, I think Mike's social is better, but micro blog is very very good. That I is might very just good. get that blog. domain and for I'm not gonna no no more domains. So yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I'm going to continue. I think something that's actually still going to be helpful is like pushing people to the feedback forms that we've been using on on some of our shows now. That's where I still want the feedback. Like I don't particularly want show feedback on Mastodon. It's just not Mm -hmm. helpful Mm -hmm. for my workflow. Uh, And so I think I'm going to keep pushing it there. So we'll we'll see. Uh, This is a ongoing thing in my life but i've learned some really helpful and useful things over the last three months um of not having a text-based social media and i want to try and bring as much of that forward into this new i will call this experiment for the time being Mm. no i i think you did the right thing you took a pause for not an insignificant amount of time and then you found that you were wanting and then you know which is completely reasonable and i don't blame you and now you're trying to ease your way back in rather than just dumping into the you know jumping right into the deep end i think that's all completely healthy and completely well maybe not normal but fair and and i don't blame you for it um the one thing i will caution you maybe this is just me but i had an uncomfortable moment which i i spoke to you and Stephen about very briefly it was just a couple of days ago as we record um i was watching a tv show that i really enjoy um called uh motor week it's like a like a uh, like a video magazine, if you will. Like they just talk about you know the cars, and it's it's not it's not nothing like a Top Gear, but it's it's more you know, like an old man's version of Top Gear, a lot less exciting. But I enjoy it. And they were featuring um, this new Hummer electric vehicle, which is preposterous in every every way. And um, the thing weighs something like nine thousand pounds. Uh, it, it can go zero to sixty in like three seconds. And and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, what a cool engineering achievement! Like it's it's American excess top to bottom inside now. Like it's, it's so hoorah America in, in all the terrible ways, but still it's so cool that you can push four or what I say, like 9,000 pounds to 60 miles an hour in four seconds. Like that's mm. amazing. Or, you know, roughly 62 kilometers an hour. It's amazing. And I made the mistake of sharing that on Mastodon. And for the very first time I got that pile on, like I used to get all the time on Twitter and I got, and, and, and it, it soured it soured me pretty bad because Mastodon until that point for me was my happy place. Like all the people were there, were chipper, were happy, were excited. And I had the audacity of saying, Hey, isn't this cool? Like, yes, it, I, I think I said in the, in, in the toot or tweet or whatever, you know, this is ridiculous and it is American excess, but how cool is it that we can do that? We can push this vehicle this fast, you know, and so on and so forth. And everybody was quick to tell me, how, oh, this is a murder machine. We should never build cars this big. This is terrible. This is dumb. Cars are evil, blah, blah, blah. And like all those things 
are arguably true. Like, I'm not really denying that, but all I was trying to say was, hey, that's cool. Look at that engineering achievement. That's cool. And in that uniquely Twitter way, which now isn't so unique, everyone came out of the woodwork to poop on my face and say, mm -hmm. mm -mm -mm -mm. you may not like things. You may not like this. And I don't even really like Hummer, to be honest with you. It's just, I thought it was neat. And oh man, did I make a mistake. So yeah, I say I'm all coming that. into this knowing that that's like, this, this is my thing about re like replies, right? Where like I want to mm -hmm. maybe limit how often I'm looking at replies because whilst I know there's good stuff in there, it's also where there's the stuff I don't want where people were just like, well, actually me into oblivion yep. in infinity. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, mm -hmm. you know, and this isn't one of those things where it's not like any one tweet is the issue. It is these times where like you say a thing and then like 20 people want to disagree with you. And it's just like, it can just, it's quite an emotionally draining experience. So yes, it yeah. really is. It really is. And it just, it bummed me out because this was my happy place. And then suddenly it was no longer my happy place. And it, and this is how I backed myself into the position of, which probably sounds ridiculous to anyone else, but compared to all the drivel that I want to tweet or that, you know, on Mastodon, I want to toot. Um, I would, I, especially during my Twitter time, like I, I would really, I would tweet considerably less than mm -hmm. the, like uh, for, for every, for every 30 tweets I thought about, I would tweet one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And often, but not always, even when I didn't think there was anything wrong with a particular tweet, like this one about the Hummer EV, I would flip the only people I follow can reply switch, which I miss so much on Mastodon because mm. sometimes I just want to say, Hey, isn't that a cool achievement? And I don't care if you think it's a murder machine. I don't care. I really don't just shh, 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 let people enjoy things. Just let them enjoy things. I'm not going out and buying a Hummer EV. Do you think they'll add that feature to Mastodon? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think they will, but I hope so. But I, the, this has become the open source this project, Casey. This is what everyone tells yeah, me. Yeah, that's all I need to do. Just yeah. fork yep. the open source project, create Casey Don, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Right. But no, it's, it's just sad because it quickly jumped from quote tweets being the thing I missed most about Twitter to now this, like, I want to mm. be able to control who replies to my stupid toots. Cause man, that was, it was just such a bummer. Cause it was the first time that I was like, Oh, yep. There it is again. It's back. It's back. Yeah. I'm coming into this knowing that it's there though. Right. Like it's one of those things that's like, it's helped shape what I want to do because I'm still getting like we always did before friends like you and I have other friends who like they want to let off some steam so they'll share a post that they've been sent like by somebody and reply to something or kind of out of the blue and it's like an annoying thing and like I can read it and be like oh they're just why why you know why is this person being like that and mm -hmm. it has made me like realize going into this of like no I don't want to get in the same experience that i had before where i let myself feel like this too much so yeah i don't know how i will achieve that but i'm i feel like i'm going into this with a different kind of mindset we'll see how it goes i mean maybe by the next episode i've left again <laughs> it could be no but when you said earlier and i and i am right there with you like oh i want to be able to write stupid quips again i mean that's not how you phrased it but that was basically the message you were saying but i do i just sometimes i have these little thoughts that pop into my brain and i and I want to share them, but I right, became agreed. really hesitant of doing that. And I agreed. I want to be able to do that more. And so, like, 
my plan is this will be for me to talk about the things that I'm working on, and I, but I want to dip my toe in the water and see like, you know, are there things that I can share that are related to the things that I care about, and and kind of be a little bit more chill with it. Like that's my goal here. We'll find out. Are you going to make, I mean, if you have your own instance, you can make like a Finsta, so to speak, but for Mastodon, you know, like a friends only Mastodon, if you wanted. I mean, I'll just text like, you. Know, like you. a second, like iMikePrivate.social or whatever, yeah, where no, only I'll your. I don't, I'll just text you. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fair. I don't want to get that far <laughs> yeah, totally. into it. Yep. Because that's no, how that's you totally end fair. up t- posting something you didn't mean to. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's, that's a good how point. you do yeah, that. No, you're right. No, you're right. Well, no, I'm glad to see you back. Um, Not yet. So I, I follow. Hopefully well, later coming. today. Uh, now, I followed. Is is iMike at Mastodon.social or whatever? Is that not you? I thought it was you. Just No, that's me. But by the okay. time this episode goes out, that should have migrated over to iMike at Mike.social. All right. So, so I'm, so I'm doing the whole my... server transition, uh-huh. which I'm sure will go horribly wrong. But I'm well, Doctor Drang just put up a uh, Doctor Drang just put up a post about how he did it and pointed to like some instructions that he said were really good. I'll I'll remind me and I'll send you a link. Uh, Stephen posted like Stephen sent to me like the what oh, okay, he used. Good. So I'm oh, sure then that's that, fine. That's, yep, that, that'll work. All right, so I'm just gonna chill on I'm on iMike at Mastodon.social and trust the the Federation machine to move me to uh, iMike at Mike.social. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, well, maybe. we'll find out. I kind of can't believe. That, like, you can, you can just move, so, like your following list. Yeah, so it like, kind of nuts. You can take your following list and just like move it somewhere else to like any account, and I can like force you to follow it. You know? Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. This Fetty, it's cool. This Fetty it, stuff but- is. A bit mind It's very, very strange. It's very, very strange. <laughs> this episode of Analog is brought to you by Fitbod. This is a time that so many of us are thinking about changing up our fitness plans. So I'm very happy to let you know that Fitbod is both an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you and it will work for you because Fitbod's algorithm learns about your goals, your training ability, and will therefore create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have available. This is all within an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise. Personal fitness isn't about competing with other people. It's personal. That's the point. It's for you. You don't want to have to look at what others are doing and try to do what they do. You need something that's going to work for you. That's when it will stick. Everybody's fitness path is a different one. And that is why Fitbod uses the data that they have available to make sure they're customizing things exactly to suit you. They have powerful technology to understand your strength training ability. It will study your past workouts and adapt to your available gym equipment. It will also create a training plan to maximize fitness gains by intelligently varying intensity and volume between sessions. They want to make sure you're not overworking anything or underworking anything because this is not going to give you a great result. Fitbot is an mm-hmm. awesome app, super easy to use. My favorite thing is the video tutorials. They have 1,400 HD videos shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning every single exercise is a breeze. That gives me confidence. When I'm confident in my workouts, I have a better experience. 
Fitbot also integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. I really like it on my Apple Watch because it will give me an easy way to advance through exercises, especially if I already know how to do those ones. It makes it really easy to just stay focused. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbot, though, is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get a huge 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbot.me slash analog. I mean, if you sign up for the annual plan, it's a big chunk. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash analog and you will get 25% off your membership. That's fitbod.me slash analog for 25% off. Our thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, let's do some recommendations. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go first, then we'll get to yours, and that will be like Mm -hmm. spoiler territory for the rest of the episode because you're going to talk about some rides that might have some spoilies. Uh, I'm Mm going to recommend White Lotus. You know I've this heard TV this show? is very good. I, I haven't good. watched it, but I've heard very good things about it. Super good TV show. Uh, there's two seasons. We watched both seasons uh, kind of in a, in a binge. It is a very hard to explain kind of show. There's like some murder mystery elements to it. And like, this is not really, this is not a spoiler because like the first scene of both episodes, of both seasons is like somebody's dead. But like you don't know who or how, <laughs> and so then you mm-hmm. watch the whole season knowing that information and trying to think who's going to die and how are they going to die, which I actually kind of like that set up. Like is an interesting kind of twist on the format, mm. and it's full of just really good performances, good writing. It, it's just weird though. Like it's really hard for me to explain <laughs> what the show's about. They're like two seasons set at these resort hotels full of terrible people doing terrible people oh, things. But like, you know, it's just like the mega rich, like kind of, you know, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Totally. And uh, they're not all terrible, but you get my point. It's just like that kind of idea yeah, of like, yeah. it's just like human. It's probably better if I just mm-hmm. say that. There's just like a bunch of humans doing human things. <laughs> uh, it's really good though. Like, but it's hard to explain. It's not really like anything I've seen before. And the theme song's a banger. It's kind of like, in a way, it reminds me of Succession. Well, one, the theme songs okay. are bangers, but also it's just like, we're just going to show you people doing things that they would do in the circumstances that they're in, and you can choose mm-hmm. to like that or not. So another HBO show, super good. Uh, second like part is can't wait for Succession to come back. Who knows seen Succession, what Succession is the best. Uh, my next is a video game called Disney Dreamlight Valley. Okay, I've not heard of this. It is basically Sims and Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing smushed together Disney. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's great. Me and Adina have been playing it. It's super good. Oh, man. So what's the... the, the my? I only played The Sims for like a few minutes, mm-hmm. but my recollection is there was not entirely a point like you were just simulating life is that kind of what the situation is here uh no you're like you appear in dreamlight valley and there's like there's been a mysterious like force that's made all of these disney characters kind of forget some of their past and of being in the valley and you're trying to like help rebuild dreamlight valley and make it a great place again and you get to bring in various characters this is i believe it's like a live service game is the phrase that you maybe use for this where you pay for the game and there's like currency in the game where you can use some cosmetics but like you don't have to do that it's like not really important 
because there's like mm-hmm. there's an in-game currency as there's like multiple currencies there's an in-game currency right where you just like sell things to the store or buy things like in Animal Crossing but you can also like speed not speed you can also buy some extra stuff with real money but like I've never even come across something where I would care about that but what you can buy with money which is good in a way is like more characters it's like DLC basically so gotcha every few months they'll have a new character like this month Mirabelle will be available to bring to your valley I don't know if I'm going to need to pay for that like expansion or that event Um, Mm -hmm, but like mm -hmm. I would because I want to bring Mirabelle but like you you can bring multiple characters they all have like missions that they want you to do like I've found the game to be really engaging and it feels like there's like a lot to do you know you can me and Adina say like is the amount that you're doing does it really make sense like there's so much to do but do you get much out of it I don't know, but I'm really enjoying the game. Like it's just very well, that's what matters. Very simple. Uh like so I they've got like a roadmap. So in February will be Mirabelle. In April, Simba. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying this. It's just like a fun time spending game. Uh I I I recommend it, especially if you like Disney. Not like no, not a bit. Not like not a bit. like like Disney. You don't have to be like all in on <laughs> Disney, right? But like if you just right, right, right. liked Disney movies, it's good. Like it's just it's just like a fun game to play. So if you've liked if you like Disney characters, which I mean, is there really do you, are there any Disney character like you don't like any Disney characters, listener? Like surely you do. Right, there right. must be at least a few. Mm-hmm. And you have enjoyed and played either Animal Crossing, The Sims, or um. Stardew Valley, you should try this game out. Unbelievably to me, it's made by Gameloft, who make typically pretty basic and or crappy mobile games. And they've made this game. And yeah, I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. Adina's playing it on a Switch. We're having a great time. Uh, I was about to ask what systems you're doing this on. Okay. It's on like all of them. It's not on Mm -hmm. iOS. But I was going to say, not iOS though, right? No. But it's on all of the typical... It should. They should bring it to iOS. Like I don't know if they would be able to, but like they should. Oh wait, is it? Oh, it is available on. Uh, no, it's available on the Mac, which really? is such a weird. That like what? to me. I've I look. I remember this from before. It is available on the Mac. It is not available on iOS. That I mean, uh, I'm right? speechless. That I don't even know what to make of that. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. Yeah, it's available on, I, on the Mac. So it's you want to play it on the Mac, but 30, I don't. 30 bucks on the Mac. Huh. It's a very. It's, I think the reason it's available on the Mac, you, you need a controller for this game. Like, so I don't know if they would want to put it on iOS because, like, you need I a see. controller for mm-hmm. this game. So, gotcha. That's cool. All right. Well, speaking of Disney, all right. Hey, spoiler horn. If you ever, ever. If if <laughs> that was a very solid spoiler horn, if you ever want to ride um, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which if Mike hasn't ridden it, I'll be very vague. And I know you've ridden Rise of the Resistance. If you ever, ever, ever want to ride either of those rides, mm-hmm. just just skip the rest of the the rest of the episode. It's not going to be anything but the rides. So 
uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you in a month. But if you if you have already ridden them or know that there is zero chance, not just a little chance, zero chance you'll ever ride these rides, then uh, please feel free to hang on. So have you done the, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? I don't recall. No, because they don't have it at Disneyland. I want to snark, but I'll let it go. Okay. Um, I So Guardians of the Galaxy, I will be vague. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Cosmic Rewind is at Epcot. Uh-huh. Uh, it just opened in the last few months. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, and annoyingly, uh, so annoyingly, the Tron coaster, which is um, in Magic Kingdom, and you can see from my beloved people mover, and they were running trains, like testing them oh, while we were there. Sucks. Oh, God, it looks so good. Uh, anyway, it opens on April 4, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. I didn't get to ride that. But um, but we rode uh, Guardians and we rode Rise of Resistance. And actually, you know, let me interrupt myself briefly. You did do Runaway Railway. Yes. Runaway is that, it's because I thought that was in Disney Mickey, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. No, I, don't know I thought that, that was is. in Disneyland. Never oh, shoot. Okay. And and do they have the Ratatouille ride there? No. Oh, my word, Michael. You haven't lived, my friend. Okay. So briefly, I, I won't spoil anything. The So Guardians, uh, no, excuse me, not Guardians, Rise um, to some degree, uh, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway and... Uh, oh, the, do you mean like the right technology, right? Because yeah, I've seen the, right. the, the, yes. the Imagineering series. So like I know that okay, the, yeah, yeah. the technology that they used to, for the cart movement in the Ratatouille ride exactly. informed what they then went on to make for Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's what I was going to say. Now, for me, I expected to love the Ratatouille ride. Uh, again, no spoilers. Um, I liked it, but it was fine. Like I wrote it once. I wasn't seeking a second trip on it during this Disney vacation. If we go back to Disney sometime, which I'm sure we will, um, then I presume I will ride it again. But it's not one of those that I'm like, oh, man, I got to ride it. Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway, that one I wish I had a second chance on. Uh, It was the same ride system, just like you were saying, but I just felt like it was more, it was better done for for me. And again, I don't want to spoil anything because I I think at some point you'll be riding these, Mike. Um, But leaving that aside, so... Rise of the Resistance also uses the same ride system, but let me put that on the back burner for one second. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, brand new coaster in Epcot. And this was the only thing that used a virtual queue, which I think you might have done for at some point for Rise. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, because they do that for the new stuff particularly. Right. So we could, because we were staying on site, we could at seven in the morning hop on the virtual queue and I'm sitting there refreshing like you know oh back in the day like wwdc tickets i'm refreshing refresh or like an iphone every year i'm refreshing refreshing uh-huh. refreshing and at seven seven o'clock in 30 seconds i was able to jump on the queue for just aaron and me the kids didn't want to because it's too big for them and i jumped on the queue and we, we were scheduled for like six in the evening at you know 30 seconds after the queue opened uh, it ended up that it backed up over time and we ended up riding at like two or four or something like that but i don't want to give anything away about guardians I'm aware that it is a, a roller coaster that also has like 3D glasses. That's all uh, I no, know. No, there's about. no 3D glasses. Oh, I thought there's you no were... 3D glasses. But mm-mm, no, um, but there's a there's another dimension to it that I do not wish to spoil. All right. So it's not 3D, but there's more to it than meets the eye. It's similar to um, the rock and roller coaster in Hollywood Studios in that music is a heavy component of the ride. Right. Well, that makes sense. Well, it's the same as um, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which is the uh, 
recap. Oh, that's the Tower of Terror. The Tower thing. of Terror. The, like music is yeah, okay. they they every ride is, is in tune with music, which I assume they probably brought over to Cosmic Rewind as well. Yes. And each time you ride, you can get a different selection of like four or five songs or something like that. So you get to like compare yes. the experience and with the different songs. That's that's what they've they've taken that idea from what they did on uh Mission Breakout. Like that's that's the idea mm-hmm. of like there's five or six different classic rock songs and the ride is different yep, for each yep, yep. one. Yeah. Exactly. Um the cue for this ride is excellent yeah they get it then not they're not 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 the same experience as rise but it is excellent there was a time again no spoilers there was a time when something happened similar to that moment in rise different in in the mechanism but a similar and you know what i'm talking about mike Mm -hmm. uh you know similar to that moment in rise but i genuinely had no idea how the thing that had happened had happened in the same way. I guess I can spoil now, actually. So in the same way, when you turn or when, when you when you're in the ship and all of a sudden the door opens on the ship and rise mm-hmm. and you're looking at this array of stormtroopers and you're like, mm-hmm. how, how, yeah, awesome, how, right? how is that even possible? How they is really that trick physically you. I, I possible? I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they do that. Well. Exactly. Well, Cosmic Rewind has a different mechanism, but at first glance, I because I ended up writing it twice. I had literally had no idea how they did it. Like it was nuts. Uh. But anyways, uh, really, really fun coaster. Erin, last I spoke to her about it, she said that is now her favorite ride at Disney World. Um, she had always been a Soren <sighs> fan. Um, and and she says this is the one now. And I don't think it's my favorite, but it's easily top mm. five, maybe even top three. Mm. It is good. Mm. It is good. So we'll put that aside. Rise of the resistance. So this is the only thing that we individual lightning laned, which means we paid like $15 per person to ride it, to, to get a lightning lane and not have mm-hmm. to wait in a literal four hour line. Like literally that's how long the line was. And it was worth every penny. Yep. I like star Wars. I am not a star Wars fiend. I enjoy star Wars. I, I I'm, I'm a bad nerd insofar as I don't have a clickety clackety keyboard. I don't like coffee and I, and I, and I like star Wars. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, when you go in the ship and I think what ends, I, I looked into this a little bit afterwards, I guess it spins 180 degrees, but because it's motion, uh, it's, 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 you, you I mean, know yeah, what, what's happening on the screen, that, but I just don't, I still don't understand how they do it. Like, it's just, it's right, just exactly, such a exactly. flex to like, you walk in and out of the yep. same door, but you're in a different place. Yep. It's, yeah. Yep. Uh, but when you look out at those stormtroopers, and the only thing that bummed me out about the ride was that at, when we rode it, if the stormtroopers were moving at they all, they I couldn't tell. No, and the, me and Jason I were just wish, talking like, about they this. Just, I wish they like turned their heads a little bit mm-hmm. or like shrugged or like just the teeniest little bit of motion would have sold the illusion so much they more. They cheaped out. But that. still, yeah. they did. But that being said, when you look, just like you were saying, Mike, you look through this door that it's one of those things where it's obvious you're going to walk in the door, let's say on the right, and you're going to walk out the door on the left. And maybe I have that backwards, but you get the idea. Well, you walk in the door on the right, and then there's like some motion and whatever, and then you walk out the door on the right, but you're looking at completely different stuff. Like you're looking at 30, 40 stormtroopers standing there. How is this possible? Like already, it's just bananas. And Mm -hmm. so I wrote, Aaron and I each wrote it by ourselves and we did like, you know, we, one of the others, you know, the other one kept the kids, I guess the kids again, I don't think they were ready for it, but, um, but when no, I that's went, too scary, I think, said, I think, for the kids. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a lot. Like, it is a it's real... A that's what I liked about it, like, especially the first time, is that it is an absolutely unreal 
amount of input that is occurring mm-hmm. in like a 15 minute yep. span, right? Like there's yep. so much going on. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. And so, um, you know, you get eventually it, we line up, they line you up because you're bad guys. Well, you're, you're good guys, right? But you're in the bad guys' quarters. And so they line you up and there was a dude, I don't know if he was drunk. I don't know if he was just that guy, but he was like giving the, the cast members a bunch of lip. And I get later on, I've, I've come to the understanding, maybe I'm wrong, but I guess that's not unusual. And those particular cast members are given carte blanche to like lay into you within yeah. reason, of course. So I shouldn't say carte blanche, but you know, they're, they're allowed to lay into you and be like, get back in line, you know, and instead mm-hmm. of like the Disney cast member thing of, well, would you step back in line for me, please? It's like, get back in line, you know, whatever. And so I guess he was egging them on. I found it to be kind of rude and obnoxious, but it was still a slightly amusing to see these cast members just have no F's left to give. Like they just it don't just get back in line post. Yeah to like oh, to, gosh, to yes. do that one because it really is unique mm-hmm. where you you have you can be aggressive with people in a way that you would want to be yep. in other instances that I'm yep. expecting they're not allowed to <laughs> so be. So true. Yeah. Yep, so true. Uh so anyway, so you get on these ride vehicles that are like the other rides we were talking about and it's what is it like three or four people a row, two rows mm-hmm. of memory serves and you start whizzing around and there's no track and you can tell that, you know, there's places where the tires have left marks. So, you know, that there's like, there's not a physical track, but there's pre-programmed places for it to go. But you can also tell that there is, there, there is more than one like choreography of these rides, right? Like that, that you're in one of multiple Mm -hmm. carts zooming around simultaneously through the rooms and you're like, you're not in an order. Like sometimes you're mm-hmm. going through a door first and then there's like these other three or four people they're going through a door first. Like there obviously is a program to it, but when you're on it, sure. that, that starts to fall away quite quickly, which is interesting. Yep. Yep. And it's just fascinating to be a part of it because it's so unlike any other ride that I've experienced. And even, even Runaway Railway and, and Ratatouille, while they use the same ride vehicle, it was cranked up to 11 on Rise because not only is Rise whizzing you through this must be just freaking mammoth building that mm-hmm. all this is in. But on top of that, you're going up and down floors. You're going upstairs. At one point, there's a drop where you go you kind of like sort of kind of like Tower of Terror. The most impressive part to me because it's like, how many more things are you going to right. do? Yeah, it's like oh, it's a drop ride, and now it's Star Tours for a minute. Like right? it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's unreal. And then the th- the time I don't know the terminology. I'm sorry, but the time when you're like whizzing between the cannons as the cannons are actively yep. like firing and like and you know the, the whole cannon thing assembly, which must weigh eleven thousand yep. pounds. And just like uh, their best weigh animatronic as, as work, right? Like Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. just, he's just like ready to murder oh, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's yep. And, so the, when, good. and the lightsaber comes down comes through, through the, the ceiling. ceiling. Yep. Oh my gosh! It's I don't just, know how they did that. Unreal. It is the unreal. thing about this ride is, and I don't know if you would have felt this way yet, but like you only get this once. You do it again, it's not the same. It's fun, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. And and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. The, probably the benefit of the Guardians ride, which even though I'm sure it has these experience parts, it's a roller coaster, and roller coasters just are inherently more rewritable. Because of the experience of riding yes. the roller coaster, right? Like um, how that mm-hmm. makes you feel. Where Rise of the Resistance is much more a like you are experiencing this thing. It, it, where like when you do it again, you can enjoy it, but like that ride is really in the moment to moment surprises. And after you've done it once, 
it doesn't have that again. Like I've done it again and I'm like, that was fun. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Really? You yeah. don't think so? Because I just, I don't, you know, it's just like I know what's going to happen and so it takes a lot of the fun away for yeah. me. And also like the, the ride queue is a long queue, right? They have like multiple queuing points. When you know what's mm-hmm. coming, that's also not so fun to stand in anymore. That I can understand that. That's right? fair. So like, that's it, fair. Uh, maybe yeah. I would do it again in like years from now, but we didn't do mm-hmm. it on the when we went in November. Mm-hmm. And if we go again in the next few years, I don't think I'll do it again because it's. But like, there are some rides like the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, like the one in Disneyland. We did it twice in the last trip, and I would do it three times. Like I just love it because it's a thrill ride. Same as Incredicoaster. I love Incredicoaster because mm-hmm. it's just a roller coaster. Yeah. Like, so they have like more of a, uh, they get like an, a, 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 like a experience. Like they, they make me feel something where like Rise of the Resistance is an incredible technical feat and it is so fun and so surprising and so exciting. But that really, at, at least for me, I don't feel that the second time because I'm aware of what's going to occur. I don't know. Yeah, I can understand that. The one I, I agree with everything you're saying. The one thing I would say is what I, I mentioned in the main part of the show. Expedition Everest is a coaster. It is a roller coaster through and through. Mm-hmm. But it has an element that the first time you ride it blows your mind. Yeah. And then every time after that, like you were describing, still fun. Absolutely still fun, but your mind is no longer blown. But it's still this a is roller in comparison. Coaster. Right, exactly. This is in comparison to the Guardians ride, which I think was a kind of mind blowing coaster, but there was no single, not gotcha. That's so negative. Okay. You know what I mean? No single like thing yeah. that, okay. that, that once you know, it's ruined. That's you know even what I mean? Better. For me, for the way that I like to, to experience these kinds of things. I agree. But, oh my gosh, rise was just nuts. And, and one of the, one of the very few regrets I have about this trip is I really wish I could have seen Aaron ride rise yeah, because yeah. you know she rode by herself i rode by myself and i like star wars aaron is, either really likes or perhaps loves star wars and i can't fathom her face when you look and you see those 40 or whatever it is stormtroopers standing there like uh, again i'm not even the biggest star wars fan and i almost fell over it was it's just you, i don't know how to verbalize how impressive and shocking that is to see uh, it was just bananas. Yeah. And, yeah. and, oh gosh, it was, it was such a good ride. It lived up to the hype hundred percent in a way that Ratatouille did not like, again, I enjoyed Ratatouille. I'd recommend everyone try it once, but it was fine. This one absolutely without a shadow of a doubt lived up to the hype. It was so amazing. Unlike any ride experience, even when I tell you in the same breath that Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway and Ratatouille, same kind of ride vehicles but again, this was taking taken to a completely different level and was just bananas. And what a cool, incredible ride. 